I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hello, it's Jen here from the I Am Jen Wilson podcast and IamJenWilson.com. And today's guest, I have Louise Worrell. So Louise is my financial advisor. And I had reached out to Louise to ask if she fancies coming on to the podcast because she has a story of having to change career due to health circumstances. And when I first had a conversation with her, it wasn't even about money. It was just an introduction to say, hi, this is who we are. She was going to need some assistance in trying to move her body. And I was helping her from a yoga Pilates perspective. But when I had the conversation with her and she was talking about money and her approach to how she worked with her clients, it felt nice to to me before when anybody had ever spoken money. I always always felt a bit grubby around doing it. I felt a bit uncertain, a bit unsure. Um, And she really helped me over the last 18 months, which I am eternally grateful for. So this is not a promo for her business. We are just chatting about different aspects around money and attitudes towards money and having a perspective of how to look at it. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, if you think of anybody while you're listening to this that could benefit from hearing it, please, please, please share it with them or just share it in general because you never know who needs to hear it. And if you like and love the episode, please, please jump on to, um, what do you call that? Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and leave us a review. Um, if you love it, give us a five-star review because that is how we are found when we get positive reviews and likes and shares from these different platforms. These platforms realise that what we have is worth listening to and then they will bump us up the list a little bit. So all assistance is greatly appreciated. Enjoy the episode and let us know what you think. Okay, so welcome to the podcast, Louise Worrell. I am Hello. very, very pleased to have you here. I am, Thank you. I'm excited to share this conversation because this is probably, depending on the angle we take of it, obviously this will have lots of elements that are different to any other topic that we've shared before because we're going to talk about money. And um, I was introduced to you by Farah. It was Farah Hussein that introduced us. Um, I met Farah on LinkedIn, which is weird because I don't really use LinkedIn very often and I have recently just suspended my account. So only try and email me, don't try and message me through LinkedIn because I'm not there anymore um, because I very infrequently use it. But the way the universe conspires is you go onto a platform and you meet somebody who maybe introduces you to somebody else and then you get to have a cup of tea and a conversation and you go, oh, this person's totally cool. I want to... I want to connect with this person some more. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Pleasure. So why don't you introduce yourself and what it is that you do in this world? So as you said, I'm Louise Worrell and I am a financial advisor, um, which means that money is this sort of area that I work in. And as you Mm -hmm. said, it's um, 
not something that you've really touched upon before, but it underpins areas that are important to people and helps um, us just get to where we want to be, really. Yeah. Yeah, so when we first had a conversation, I had always been really unsure around financial advisors and maybe nervous around financial advisors because I was somebody who doesn't have a good relationship with money. As soon as money came in, I have a tendency just to I see a balance in my bank account and I would spend it. Or I got into, I think when I first met you, I was in a space where in my head I wanted to clear off my credit card debt. And at that point, I think I had about 10 grand worth of credit card debt, which was I was making the minimum payment and 150 out of the £200 I was paying was interest, which made me feel sick every single time I saw that. And then I'd be just oh money is not my thing money is not my thing but then I started reading a couple of books on trying to improve my money mindset and was like okay so this is possible I can change my money mindset and then when I met you I think we were meeting up more to talk about what I do like in terms of yoga and things like that but then when you started telling me your story about how you work with your clients it lifted some of that fear for me absolutely the best way to say it and then not long well maybe about a year after that my grand passed away I got some money from inheritance and when my dad was like it wasn't hundreds of thousands of pounds or anything like that but for me it felt like a lot of money and I remember feeling really sick about the amount of money I was getting and I contacted you and I was like I feel ill at this and you're like right okay let's have a conversation and you just lifted all that fear I'm so glad to hear that I lifted <laughs> that fear. Um, you've hit the nail on the head with that, in that everybody has a completely different approach and attitude um, towards money and what it means to them. Um, some people do get nervous. There is a lot around the finance industry that is very technical and it can be confusing. Uh, I completely understand that. I've been there before I was an advisor. Um, I have the very same approach to some elements. So I'd get my annual pension statement and not have a clue what it meant and just sort of left it to the side, ignored it best I could, got on with my day job um, and, and just did whatever I could to not think about it. And as you said, um, being worried and nervous and getting yourself more and more into a place where you weren't confident with what you had. You knew what was important to you, what you wanted to achieve, but didn't know how to make the financial element of your life work with your values and what was important to you. Um, I find that some people want to save, some people like to spend, some people have huge ambitions for life, traveling the world. Some people are more than happy just to potter around on an allotment. Um, and so, as you can see, everyone has different needs for their finances. But I think the thing that's important to me is recognizing everybody's different and everyone's needs are going to be different. And the main thing is if you're able to approach your financial situation or be aware, as you were, of your um, attitude, so you, you knew that it was an area that made you a bit nervous. And so you took charge and read some books. 
about how to address it. And at the point whereby you felt, no, I need, I need to speak to someone and you came, I'm very grateful that you came to me. Um, and from there, being able to lay it all out, look at what's what, um, being able to understand it. And that I think is something that I really love being able to do with my clients is make it um, turn what can be quite high level, detailed, um, tricky finance terms and making it real life and having a real life impact which is really important to me it can be scary but it can also be exciting and having a handle on your financial situation your financial um approach and just how you feel your money mindset i think can have huge impact on your life in general, um, away from just your financial position to actually, now I'm not worrying about that. I've been able to um, divert my energy elsewhere, which is always great fun for me to help clients achieve. I love that bit. <laughs> so you, you've only been working in this sector for, is it four years? Three years? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Do you want to tell your backstory about what you did beforehand? Absolutely. Um, I didn't grow up as a little girl dreaming of becoming a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, until I became one, I didn't really know what a financial advisor was. Um, I fell into it. My background is in the Royal Navy. I was um, a naval officer. I navigated warships and I loved it. When I was four years old, I decided I was going to go to sea because that's my happy place and I did it. I never thought I would need another career because I was determined to stay at sea for life. Unfortunately, the best laid plans and all that, it didn't quite work out as I expected. I found out just last year that I have a genetic condition that I didn't know about. And being in the military, the physical um, requirements of the job it's led me um, down a path where my health deteriorated to a point where I now have quite significant limitations on life. And unfortunately, they don't like you driving ships if you're not able to stand up on your own. And as such, I had to leave the forces, mm. which I found very hard. I lost my identity. I didn't know what I could do because I'd never planned for a career outside of the forces. Yeah. All I knew was I had limitations on how I could work. I love numbers. And most of all, I want to help people. And I didn't know where to go with that. Yeah. Luckily, I've got a very, I'm very lucky. My mother-in-law is a very strong, independent, intelligent woman who runs her own financial advice company. And she pointed out to me, why don't you go into finance? It's got numbers, it's got people, and you can do it from home. And I started looking into it, and I suddenly realized, actually, financial advisors have an important job because they are able to bring uh, the mysterious world of pensions and retirement planning and mortgages and all of these things and make it um, accessible. And that's what I absolutely adored. So I retrained and I got my diploma in financial planning. 
I set up my own business, just me and my dog, working from home, going out and trying to do the best that I could. Um, and as you said, three years later, I'm working at Capacity, which is amazing, helping people um, to the best that I can. And I get to meet some incredible people like yourself um, that Barbara put us in contact just <laughs> because of our backgrounds. And yeah. I have absolutely no regrets having gone into this industry because I get to work with numbers all day, every day and people. So yeah. that's my rather... Um, convoluted route into financial advice <laughs> but this is where I am now yeah and you're loving it now I adore it um somebody's got to love all this stuff so it's yeah. me <laughs> yeah because when we had that first conversation what was very apparent was how clear you were about what your values were and how much that leads how you have conversations with your clients like you want to know what their values are where did that come was that in you before military life or was that instilled in you in military life or where did that come from I used to think it was military life that gave me the values that I have um, to the level that I have them however in the last couple of months um, not going out and doing stuff I've had a lot of time to reflect and mm. I realized that the values that led me to the military and led me to love um, my life at sea and the values that now dictate how I work with people and why I'm so passionate about understanding people is something that was there anyway. My values were intrinsic and it's why I then went into the military and it's why I then work with people the way I do. Um, having integrity and discipline, being loyal, these things are so entrenched in who I am. It means that when I'm working with someone, they're going to have different values, but that's so important. There's no point in me saying, this is one financial thing that you might be interested in, when actually they want to do something completely different with their life. And it, it might be irrelevant. So understanding what's important to people and where they want to be helps me understand the best way to get them there which is exciting because everybody's different yeah when you start working with clients is it, I know like for myself when you're like so what do you want to do for the next five years of your money and I'm like I don't know I don't even know what I want to do tomorrow like <laughs> I'm not one of these particularly large, like far in advance forward thinkers. Is that a common hurdle that you come up against? Or I know you're saying everybody's different, but is there any recurring theme when you're speaking to people that don't ha have an understanding before you start speaking to them? I think... I get quite a mixed bag. I have some people that have in-depth plans for the whole of their life and know exactly what they want when, and that's great. And then I have people that know what's important to them and what they would like from life, but don't really have a time scale. And when that's the case, I try to be more dynamic um, and make sure that that is worked into any plans and try to talk to people about the future so have you ever actually thought about what time you want to retire 
Um, you should just look at me like, no, my 20s or my 30s. And so, no, I haven't thought about retirement. It, I think I try to use our conversation to plant the seed. And mm -hmm. then people can take that, work out, what would I like? But plans change. And so every year that I talk to people and check up and see where we are, plans change sometimes people might want a promotion at work and get it a year earlier than they expected which is great um they might decide actually i don't want to buy a house i want to travel the world we can work with that and it's just making sure that you're dynamic and flexible because the main thing is what's important to the person in front of me because that's what i'm trying to help with so what do you think what do you do you find that there's a common challenge that comes up for people when it comes to money? No, I don't. Everybody has a different view and everyone has different concerns. Some people might be worried that they haven't, haven't planned for retirement and they know I want to be retired by this age, but I don't know what I've got in place. Some people just don't understand the bigger picture. Some people are worried that if they were to get sick what would happen to the family and some people are just trying to buy a house um so i never know when i sit down in front of someone what they need and it, it's through talking um that we're able to uncover that and i i think that because of my background because um i developed a disability because I now work within those constraints, it gives me a really good position to be able to talk to people about what would happen if you were sick, what would happen in this case, because I've been there yeah. and I'm passionate about making sure that people are secure financially and do consider it. I used to say, it's never going to happen to me. I'm fit. I can run for miles. Uh, I'll never end up on crutches. And mm -hmm. then I ended up on crutches. So it, it's one of those where I'm just passionate about making sure that people are in the best position and I am happy to ask the questions that can provoke that. So someone might want to know about a mortgage, but might not have considered how they would repay that mortgage had they not, um, if they were sick long-term for example. So it's always a different conversation and it's sort of very two-way street um, how we move forward with that. So if somebody was listening to this just now and just thinking, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't thought about any of this, any of this sort of stuff. Oh, and maybe like myself, you're in your 40s or maybe older, where would you suggest that they start? Already started. If you thought, oh, you know what? I haven't thought about that. You've thought of it then, and yeah. you've made a start. You're not burying your head in the sand. I would sit down and just think. Don't even look at what your situation is. Just think, oh, what would I like? What would I like to do? Who would I like to retire? What are my concerns? what would I address if I could and just understand where you want to be 
And then from there, you can start looking at your own situation. And if you do need help, you can speak to professionals um, and start to take it in hand that way. So there's mm. a lot of different, there's a lot of information on the government website about different elements um, of a sort of, it explains to you about the state pension and things like that. Um, there's a lot of different places you can get advice, um, professionals such as myself being one of them. So just recognizing that you want to look into this or recognizing that you haven't thought about it, but maybe you want to is the very first step, um, which is great. I really like that idea of thinking about where you want to be before you look at where you are right now. Because if I had only looked at where I was right now, I would just be like, oh, well, I'm never going to get out of this situation that I'm in. Or you, you just look at the shit pile that you've created <laughs> <laughs> rather than trying to find a solution. So if you already know where you want to be and then you reverse engineer it, then that starts your brain going into the right motion to work out the problem solving rather than looking at the problem and trying to solve it to, to just try and dig yourself out the dark rather than actually um, like goal setting. Yeah. Know where, you, know where you want to be and reverse engineer how the hell you're going to get there. Otherwise, you do just spin around in that circle of paying the minimum payments to different things or whatever That's whatever that looks like. something I really like. It's super cheesy. And anyone that knows anyone from the military will probably cringe when I say this. <laughs> I used to be a navigator and it's pretty much the same thing that I'm doing now because I need to know where someone wants to be and where, they, where their journey needs to go. And then, then we can work back and say, right, so you're here now. So what changes or what do you need to keep the same or what needs to be done to get you there? And how do we achieve that? Um, which is really exciting. And because I work with people long-term, I love that at least every year I get to see where we are on the journey. Um, so that's one thing about money is that it's something that is with you for life that you need to have some sort of awareness of. Um, but your journey will change so frequently. You might have kids, you might buy a house, you might decide to retire. So many things that happen and change the direction you're going. So absolutely, if you know what you want, you can sort of mould it getting there in a way mm. um yeah, I, was going, I was just going to ask there how easy is it to change direction so that if all of a sudden you think oh I really want to go and first of all you're saying right I want to save for being able to retire at whatever age and then all of a sudden like you see something that you want to spend your money on how easy is that to make that change within the world of finance it completely depends on what you're doing. Um, the way I tend to try to look at things is if you do frequent small actions, that's easier to reach your big goals. So I, I personally like to just chip away at my goals, um, mm. little and often, because I find that is how I get there. Some people 
um, might want to save, 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 and then treat themselves, as you've just uh, sort of mentioned there. It completely depends on what the situation is and how, but there's, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself. Um, if you've got a budget, if you've got a handle on what's what, if you've got your goals and you're working towards your goals and you've got a little bit of wiggle room, then I think it's great to treat yourself every now and again. And I certainly do. Um, and I think you, you can do both when you plan. Um, that's a lot of planning is how do, where do I want to be? What do I want to spend my money on? Mm. And that's how you work out the best way to get there. Yeah. And would you say that's the same if somebody just completely decides that their goal is totally different from what they originally set out? It is, yes, because if you decide, actually, I thought I wanted to retire at a certain point and I've completely changed my mind. As long as you're aware that you've changed your mind, don't wait until you've retired. Um, yeah. Well, even at that point, it's just looking at the structure and working out what your options are. Um, you mentioned earlier about solutions, and that's something that I'm really keen on, is having solutions and not problems if there's a problem, what is the solution? Don't dwell on what's wrong. Just look at, okay, I've got a new plan now. And how can I utilize what's already in place or change my future actions to meet my new, my new plan? I had to change my entire career um, mm. when things didn't go the way I wanted. Um, and it's like, it's, it's not money, but it's still a huge life thing. And I think as long as you do start to look at your options and don't bury your head in the sand, um, it's absolutely, it's your life. So you've kind of got to do with it what you want in a way. Yeah. What would you suggest to somebody who has got their head very firmly buried in the sand? How would you make them feel better about starting to pull their head out? It's very hard from my, my point of view when somebody really just doesn't want to engage with their own situation or moving forwards. I can only really help when people are ready to move forwards. Um, and so the big thing I would be thinking is if your head is buried in the sand and you don't want to think about retirement you don't want to think about your savings you don't want to think about house prices you won't achieve what you want there is that risk there it would be a bit more haphazard you're less likely to achieve your goals mm. if you take the very smallest step possible then that is an incredible thing to do because by just starting to take control of your situation you can still have your head buried in the sand but just a little bit up and start <laughs> to think no okay actually I do potentially need to go for the auto enrollment scheme at my work that I opted out of um, and that is the very first step for my retirement goals as an example um, so I think in those cases I tend to work with people when they're ready and want to move forward because I want to work with them to achieve what they want. So if someone isn't ready, 
to work their finances. It's such a personal thing. It's emotional because everyone has a different attachment because it is a quite important subject. I think it is a very tricky one, but little, little steps is the best way to go. Yeah, I definitely think women have, and this is probably a really sexist thing to, to say, but women have more hang-ups and more tendency I think to avoid money situations like and I think it's a very British thing as well not to want to talk about numbers nobody ever wants to talk about how much they earn or how much anything costs and things like that and it's like it's just all this secrecy around it then makes it feel like a really taboo subject. It's something that I do actually focus on on my LinkedIn I like to look at articles from my industry that do focus on that it's not sexist at all it is it is something that exists in our society um, that women and our mentality towards money, we tend to be more risk adverse just naturally. Um, I'm not going to quote any statistics because I don't know them off the top of my head, yeah. but I do know that it has been proven that women are more risk adverse. And therefore when you're talking finance, they might go for a lower risk investment potentially and lose out on potential growth because they didn't have the right person to talk them through what it meant or give them the confidence and understand additionally you're then compounding the problem with there is still a wage gap and you're compounding the issue with input with lower risk than potentially you should be in because you are female and that is the way our brain tends to go naturally mm -hmm. um, not all the time and you start to really see a difference in the pension pots between men and women women are less likely to have financial protection in place um, and if we are at home looking after children as an example it's something that we, some, I'm generalizing quite broadly here, um, yeah. but it is something that has been noticed in the industry is women are less likely to be protected. Women do have generally smaller pension pots. Um, so there's lots of different factors. I can't cover them all now. Yeah. It is an area and something that I love doing is taking charge of that and actually talking to women like yourself yeah. and saying, actually, we can we can do things there's things we can do um to equalize things a bit more yeah do you find that because you are a female working in a predominantly male dominated industry that you have more female clients coming to coming to you um that's really tricky i think i would if i wasn't ex-military i mainly okay. work with military in the maritime industries mm. because i know what it's like to be the one at sea but I also understand the family point of view in that my husband was at sea. So I, f I find it very hard because I've never worked in anything but a male-dominated industry. Yeah. But I do find that a lot of women will be more comfortable speaking to a female advisor, which mm. is absolutely fine and understandable. Um, I think in the past I spoke to one person 
who was a male and it was a bit trickier with the communications. I didn't really know what was going on, to be honest. I was very young. Um, so I can definitely see that. And I think it's important that there are female advisors ready for when women are ready to talk. Yeah. Do, is, there an, is there a growing network of women working in the financial industry? Yes. Um, I, I, again, don't know any numbers, but yeah. I know a lot of really intelligent, incredible women, actually, in the industry. Um, I'm very lucky to have my mother-in-law is a brilliant role model. Mm -hmm. um, for me who's always been in the industry and I very much look up to her um, because she has always been in the industry even when it was more male dominated and I'm seeing now up in Glasgow um, there are more and more women yeah. in finance which I think is brilliant I think it is well needed as well yeah yeah definitely because the women obviously understand women understand what our hang-ups are, know how to speak to each other in that way that's not condescending and not talking down and not being the little woman, which not all men have, but I've certainly had conversations with some men that I'm just like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. And that's not just in the finance sector, I did speak to a financial advisor who just didn't, just didn't get it. And then car salesmen, I've had a couple of car salesmen where I'm just like, dude, do you, can you see that I am a different gender to you? And then other salesmen that are just, everything that they say, I'm like, yeah, you get, you get that you're talking to a woman and you're not being, well, this car comes in these colours. It's like helping me fuel the car rather yeah. than find out about all the gadgets because I ain't interested in all the gadgets. I've when met some incredible men in our industry mm. um, and I have met, just so many people who are lovely that have helped me of both genders but I do think that for some women especially if there's not the confidence around mm -hmm. finance then they may be more drawn as you said to speak to someone that speaks the same language um, yeah. as them in a way so I, it's very personal preference but I quite like that I'm able to work from that point of view and make people comfortable um, yeah. make advice accessible and help people take charge and be able to do this stuff and be confident about it um, yeah that's why I do what I do really <laughs> before you worked in finance how were you with money it's a very personal I, question I know but <laughs> I personally am a big saver I like to okay. save um, I always done it as a child I used to love going with those little books that you take to the bank and mm -hmm, yep. pocket money in um, and that's just the way I am some people are like that some people are a lot more um, I don't know some people are happy to spend and comfortable just sort of working on credit cards or something mm. there's a lot of different ways to approach money I'm very much I like to have it there um, I'm doing something and that's just me <laughs> Um, but there's no wrong or right answer. I just yeah. used to like the little book that showed what was in there. <laughs> and has anything of your approach changed since you started working in finance? 
In the last probably year or two, I've very much become more myself. Um, I thought I had to, I, I, I made this image of a financial advisor in my head. Um, and I tried to be like that, a strong, suited, booted, ready to go. And I, I, I'm wearing a suit. I'm more than happy to do that. I was not being myself, though. I was sort of burying a lot of the bubbly, jokey around more, I don't know, the side of me that I felt was less professional, but it's just me. Yeah. And I know what I'm doing. And I know that I can do what I do to a high standard. And in the last couple of years, I think I've now got the confidence to be myself. And so that's changed in that I am now a lot more comfortable just being me and doing what I do. I know now I identified, actually, this is why I'm doing it. Because when you start a business, you're always told, think of your why. What is your why? Why are you doing this? And I thought I knew, but I didn't. And over <laughs> the years, I've worked out what it is that drives me and it is my values. And I've also started to work more, um, more and more with the maritime industry. Mm -hmm. just because over the last years I've found this is where I am most suited just because of my background um, yeah. and the forces as well um, which doesn't mean I don't work with other people it, it's just, I've never been in the forces <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the way that things have naturally gone um, yeah. over the last couple of years which is really interesting because you never know where things are going to go when you start <laughs> yeah and is that something that's kind of instilled in people in the forces about finances and money and being responsible for the income that you're getting? Or is it not really until you have now, you have now shown up for them? Um, is this kind of <laughs> new to them? It's, that's a really tricky one to answer. There's a lot of information that you can get when you're in mm. um, because there's a lot of little quirks to military finance as such um and obviously I know how that all works yeah but there's plenty of places you can get information I never really thought about it I was too busy working my day job and I think yeah. you're going away for long periods of time you come back um and you've not spent any money for six or seven months um yeah so that's a really tricky one. I think everyone's slightly different and you'll have the people that go and buy the fancy car at the end of the deployment. Um, so the information's there if you want it. A lot of us are busy. Um, the reason I'm so keen on it now is obviously I understand the importance now that I've studied it. But for me, the thing that sort of the initial thing was that it was a lot of numbers and having been a navigator where everything is maths and numbers um it sort of appealed from that point of view and being able to help people from that perspective use my old skills that's more what struck me from my previous career as to why I'm now in finance mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um what would I'm trying to think how to word this question So somebody's taking their head out of the sand 
and they work, they've worked out where it is that they want to go and they started to put something in place but they're then not sure what direction to take. I might not be wording this question right, so <laughs> just ask me to explain it if it's not coming out right. Um, would you always, depending on the person, I suppose, I'm somebody who could read financial stuff and be like, I have no idea what that means, so I come to you because you're somebody who understands it and then can relay it back and then in a language that I then understand. Does it matter if somebody comes to you or if they can work it out themselves, like just go with that and do stuff themselves? It completely depends. Some areas are quite complex and some people would definitely need um, advice working out the best way forward. As you said there, if someone knows where they want to go, but really, really just doesn't know any more how to get there, or um, I've had it worded to me before, hi Lou, um, my financial housekeeping is getting more complex, so I'm ready to talk to you, um, yeah. which is fine. So I think there's nothing wrong with doing it yourself. There's so much stuff out there. There's loads of fintech coming up, uh, making it more accessible. There's loads of um, uh, education sites and things like that. It, it's important to know who's running the sites um, and make sure that they are accurate. But yeah. there's plenty of things that people can do themselves. Um, but equally, some people just don't want to think about it. Some people don't want to have to research it and want to know, actually, I've got a professional who is on top of regulation. It's their day job. They understand me. They understand my needs. And I don't have to worry about it. A lot of people that I work with are more than competent to do it themselves. However, they like that they've got me there just taking the burden away as such. They know yeah. that it's in hand and they don't have to think about it. So mm. some people like to do their own thing because they enjoy it. And that's absolutely yeah. fine as well. So there's could also blend it I guess if you want to do some stuff yourself and you can still get advice on the other stuff so yeah. so many different ways to do it yeah is there any other advice tips anything that you think would be wise for people to know at this time I think the main thing is having a good idea of where you want to be and what's important to you and if you do decide to work with someone you should like and trust them don't ever feel like you're being forced to do anything mm. um, and just be just make sure that they're qualified um, and that you're on the same wavelength because there's people that work really well with me and there'll be people out there where we just I'm more than qualified to work with them but we're just not the right click and that's fine there's so many um, people in my industry that everyone that wants to speak to someone can find the right person. So yeah. I think, yeah, little steps, speak to the right person if you want to speak to the right person. Um, so if somebody, was already say, if somebody was already say, signed up with somebody and then they felt like their needs weren't being met, is it fairly easy to then go, I'm going to start working with this person over here and change things or is I think not quite straightforward? 
if you're in that situation and you're concerned or you need more, then I would have an honest conversation with your advice. Um, do this or just say, these are my concerns. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, you are the one who, it, it's your finances. If you've spoken to them and said, look, this might be an honest mistake. You might not realize that I want to know this. Um, yeah. And so I would definitely just have the conversation. And yeah. if it's just not right, it's your finance. So you should go where you are comfortable. Mm. I, I think personally. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that can be, I think that can be quite a, a British thing to not offend people. And not mm. wanting to have those conversations. Obviously, I know even in my industry, if somebody's going to see a personal trainer or they go into a specific class and they don't really want to go there anymore, rather than saying, look, we're not the right fit anymore, or I've got different goals, or you're not the right client for me anymore, people don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> then they stick with that person for ages, gradually going, I really wish I wasn't here, I really wish I wasn't here. And I think we need to, as a a collective get better at having conversations and speaking Absolutely. up when things are not right. That's something I always say when I start working with people is that as we move forward, we'll both understand um, what you need um, because everyone has different requirements. And as you said there, they might not be getting the right information, but when they started that relationship, they might not yeah. have known what information they need or wanted yeah. and as they learnt more then they realize and so from my point of view one of the big things to me is that my clients feel comfortable to talk to me and say yeah. this is what I need this is what I want um, and I encourage that throughout our working relationship yeah yeah definitely so speak up people speak up <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Where is the best place for people to find you if they want to see what you're sharing or connect with you or ask, reach out to you? I am very active on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I like LinkedIn. I don't know. I'm just one of those people. So um, <laughs> I'm Louise Worrell on there. And if you go on to there, my website's already attached to it too, um, yeah. which goes into some more of like the technical side of what I do. Um, yeah. and there's a contact form on that but yeah <laughs> I will put the link to that in the show notes anything else you want to say before we wrap this up I'm trying to think of something really pertinent or really inspirational <laughs> to say but other than everything that you've said is really, really pertinent and inspirational <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hope that everybody has the confidence um to do what it is they want to do with their finances um, and have that sort of calmness towards it and it can be achieved so that's what I want from everybody <laughs> yeah perfect thank you so much for your time today Louise it's thank been you lovely so having, having you on the me. podcast absolute pleasure brilliant Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud and check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow just following IamJenWilson.